Good afternoon. I'm Rick Dancer. <clears throat> Welcome to uh, just a little chat. Um, no real purpose. It's just I haven't had a chance to talk with you guys in a long time. We've been doing so many shows and I am, <clears throat> excuse me, on Instagram over here and I'm on Facebook over here. So got two separate ones. We do have a show tonight at five o'clock um, for folks up the McKinsey. Uh, but I just, um, I thought it would be kind of fun to just talk with you about um, <clears throat> some of the people that, that the assemblies, uh, when I was a news anchor forever, um, you know, I was, I did a lot of school assemblies. And so there was a lot of people involved in that and in my life and how those kids and people touched my life is pretty amazing. And so I was sitting down and I was sitting there thinking, okay, which are the best stories that you could share? And, um, Hey, PP, how are you doing? PJ's there. Um, <clears throat> so I found three, I got three stories. I want to tell you that have to do with high school, um, and elementary school assemblies. So um, let's start with the high school assembly. So for years I did graduations like, um, you know, the, the regular schools. And then the first time um, I was invited to an alternative school to do a, a high school graduation, um, I never did a regular graduation again, ever. <laughs> I, 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 saw, um, I saw something in humanity that I loved and I want, and that was real. And I really wanted to be a part of it. It wasn't a ceremony. It was a celebration. And so I'm at Willamette High School. It's an alternative education program. And I was standing up in front of the students and, um, and I'm talking. And it's really funny because when you, when you go to something like this, um, the, the parents were like screaming, you know, like, you know, you go to a regular graduation and the parents are all sitting there very, you know, it's very, this is a somber, wonderful occasion. When you go to an alternative school graduation, the parents are so excited that their kids are graduating, that they're screaming and, and they're chanting. And I mean, it's like, it's, it's super fun. And so I'm at Willamette High School and um, I start telling my story and um, I was not, a very good student. I was not very connected to school. I kind of majored in socialization and minored in education, <clears throat> if you're really honest. So my grade point average when I graduated from high school was 1.67. Um, not great. Um, I just didn't get it. I didn't fit in. I didn't understand. Um, and I just wanted to get through it. So, um, so I said, I, I stood in front of these kids and I said, you know, I am you, I am you. I should have gone to an alternative school because I needed that more one-on-one -on -one attention. And, um, <clears throat> it was, um, you know, it, it, I, I, you guys are who I am. And I think these students were just shocked because they saw me as the guy on TV who, you know, had this successful life. And um, all of a sudden, I'm admitting that I'm just like a regular person like them. And I think it was really um, telling for them. So anyway, I got up and I said, um, <clears throat> you know, some of you parents in the audience are feeling like your kid didn't graduate from a regular school. So, you, you know, you might be feeling like that's not the same thing as a regular graduation. And I said, I'm here to tell you that um, your kids are amazing. And that you should not be embarrassed. You should not be ashamed. You should be proud of them. And most parents were. Um, but I thought they needed to hear that. So six months go down the road. And I get a call from a young woman. 
And she says, um, Rick, <clears throat> I just want you to know, I was at that graduation and my dad was really embarrassed because uh, I was getting an alternative education graduation. And, um, and he just never really accepted me. And when you stood up on that stage and told him that I had value and that I was important, that, that this moment was important, um, it changed everything for him. Um, he and I have a close relationship. Uh, we hung out together. We did all kinds of stuff. Um, it just, it changed overnight because he saw me as a human being rather than a loser. And she says, and the reason I'm telling you this is because a few weeks ago, my father was killed in a car accident. And because you were willing to get up and share your story, I had six months with my dad and a relationship that I will never forget. I think that is the power of being vulnerable and being open and sharing not the perfect things in our lives, but the things that make us imperfect <clears throat> because human beings, we don't relate to perfection. We might admire it, but what we really relate to is um, humanity and people who open up to themselves. So this girl had a relationship with her father because um, he saw her as a human being again. Um, Mark is over here on a page saying, my favorite school assembly was in grade school, Mount Vernon, and they brought Bigfoot researchers to speak and show them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, I have two Mount Vernon, that kind of brings me to my next one. I have two other Mount Vernon um, elementary school. I did the self-managers assemblies there forever and two of my most amazing <clears throat> assemblies ever. Um, one is a boy named Jaya. And you guys have seen Jaya on here before. He had, a, 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 um, he was born and his legs don't work. And so he is the, this little guy and he's getting his award and he's in a wheelchair. And I'll never forget, um, you know, you called them up and they had to walk up a stage to get on the, um, to get their award. Now there was a little elevator around the back, but Jaya would not use it. So Jaya, this little boy comes up, he comes up in his wheelchair, flops out of the wheelchair onto the stairway, crawls like a little seal up that stairway and across the stage in front of these with his legs dragging behind him and sits up so I can pin the self-manager's button on him. Um, he, um, by this time I'm like crying, I've got tears coming down my face. There, there wasn't a person in that audience that wasn't crying. And I turned to the people in the audience and I said, don't tell me that that young man has a disability. Because what I just saw is the toughest person I've ever seen walk up those stairs in total humility to receive an award for an assembly did. Okay, I'm going to tell you another little story, okay? Because it's a Jaya story. So a few years later, um, Jaya's mom made the decision, a tough decision, to have his legs amputated. 
because they wanted to put artificial legs on because they thought with them, they, they, they knew his legs would never work and he wanted to walk. So they got him some artificial limbs, um, but they had to cut off his legs to do that. So his mom, I was getting cancer treatment at the time and his mom was up at Dornbecker Hospital, which is right next to OHSU, where I had my cancer treatment. So his mom texts me and she says, <clears throat> Jay had his legs amputated. Um, he's really depressed. Um, are you around that you could come talk to him? And I said, I'm three buildings over. So I rush over. There's little Jaya sitting in the bed, and <clears throat> he's had his legs removed. So... I, I walked over to him and I said, so Jay, I heard you got your legs removed so that you can walk. He's like, yeah. I said, man, that is so cool. He's like, okay. I said, no, I mean, you might, you might someday be able to walk because you, it's so weird because you have to, the very thing you think you need are legs and we're taking them off. So, so, so it doesn't make sense, but you're going to take them off so you can actually walk. And he's like eight, you know, they trust me. And so then I just sat there and his mom was in the room and I said, so Jay, do you care? Can I see your leg? And he's like, you want to see it? And I didn't really, <laughs> I was kind of like, Ooh, I don't know but I knew he needed that. So I said, yeah. So he pulls down the covers and there's his, these little stumps with band-aids all over them. And I looked at his mom and I said, are you okay if he's okay if I touch them? And his mom starts crying and she goes, yeah. So I said, Jay, can I touch them? He goes, yeah. So I reached down and I touched, kind of move. I go, oh, that's so weird. Can you still feel, do you still feel like you have legs on? He goes, yeah. So we just talked about that a little bit. I pulled my hands off, finished our conversation. And I said, you know, we'll see you later. And, you know, and I leave the hospital <clears throat> and his mom texts me and she's crying. And she says, Rick, Jay's attitude is 100% better. Um, he thinks it's kind of cool that he got his legs amputated because you think it's cool. And I'm still in contact with him today. And he, about six months or eight months ago, we did a story on him getting finally his artificial legs. And he's probably 16 or 17. He's a massive individual. Like he could kick my ass. <clears throat> he's that strong. Um, my third and last story also comes from Mount Vernon. Um, this is a weird one. Um, Every time I went to the assemblies at Mount Vernon, I would always, um, I would always go into this special ed classroom after the assembly, and just because, um, to be honest, I was just really comfortable there, and um, and the kids, you know, some of them responded and some of them didn't. That wasn't the reason to go in there. So this time I went in. And I'm talking to them and asking them questions and stuff. And this one little boy who's probably on the spectrum, I'm sure, very much so, um, deadpan face, his name I think was Chris. 
and he's sitting in the back of the room and I'm talking and he raises his hand and he says, you're really comfortable here, aren't you? I said, yeah, I am. He goes, you know why? And he's probably like 10. I said, no. He says, because we don't judge you. Because you're like us. And everybody's looking at you and judging you. I'm like, how do you know that? I just know. And then he says to me, your life's going to change. Like, what do you mean my life's going to change? No, your life's going to change like completely. I said, well, I, what, what, like what? I said, I can't say, I don't know. But your life's going to change. That was in November of 2007. In March of 2008, I quit my job at KZI after 25 years of being a news anchor and I ran for Secretary of State in Oregon. The next November, I went back after I lost that race. And I went back to the another assembly and I'm there. And I look in the back of the room and I see that boy, Christopher. And he's standing there and I'm talking to the audience, the kids. I used to tell, I talked to the kids like they were adults. I told him, you know, sometimes you have to lose to win. And sometimes the very thing that you want the most, you can't have. Because there's something else down the road, I guess. And as I'm talking about this, I look out and I see this Christopher kid. I said, last year I came to your school and I went into a room and there's parents and everybody in the room. There's about 800 people in the room. I said, and I went into the special ed room and Chris right there. You were there, weren't you, Chris? He goes, yep. I said, and you told me my life was going to change, didn't you? And he said, yep. And the whole room is just like, I said, how did you know? He says, I don't know. I just know. And I looked at that room and I said, Don't tell me that people don't have value who are different. That kid's like an angel. How do you do that? How does he do that? And I'm crying. The audience is crying. The parents are crying. And I said, you guys see what we do in our culture? We, we tell people, we, we treat people like they don't matter, and then we miss them. So here's this kid who knew something was going to happen to my life and gave me a glimmer into that. And yet we put him in special ed. Yeah, he has, he should be in special ed, <laughs> the special ed because he knows more than the rest of us do. See, I think sometimes we just miss what people, who they are and what they're doing. Um, and, um, and I'm seeing all your guys' comments. I'm just not posting them because I'm in the middle of talking and it makes it hard. I will look for that link, Adam, and see if I can find that story on, on Jaya. Um, but, you know, with everything going on right now, I think we need to look past um, 
what we think we know. I worked at, with Jesse at Ordell and just want you to know you're an inspirational person to me. Kyle, thank you, man. My son is a, he's a great human being. Both my sons are really good human beings. Um, I'm learning in my life that the vulnerability is what connects you to human beings. And if all of us could put aside our um, our need to be perfect and to show only the things that we want people to see. Um, oh, hold on. I think we'd be better off. So here's Brett Denise. Those of us with autism can read these nuances and are connected in spiritual ways we can't explain. Brett, I totally agree with you. Um, it, I, I, I think that if you, if I think when we're done with this life, we're going to get to the other side and God's going to stand there and he's going to go, you guys totally missed this. I put these people on earth um, and you thought they were, you thought they were disabled but they were specially abled. And I put them there just to show you things, to show you things about yourself, to show you things about the world, to show you unconditional love, to show you um, that you don't have to learn like everybody else does and you still have this power inside of you, um, to show you that you're not, that, that, <clears throat> that the things of this earth that, are, that seem great are small and the small things are the big things. It's not what you think. And you guys all missed it. You didn't, you didn't even see it. They were like special agents of God. And we look at them like they're mistakes or that they're a, a problem or they're someone lesser than, when really they're greater than. And um, I have so many wonderful people in my life who are under the category of disabled. And I will tell you, they are not disabled. They are amazing people. So I'm a lucky guy. Um, I, I think that growing up, um, I didn't have a lot of friends. I didn't have a lot of people in my life. I was a pretty lonely kid. And now I understand why. Because it, um, yeah, I'll, I'll throw one more thing in there. The other day, um, uh, someone in town who's another public figure. Um, we were having a conversation. We're on two different sides of the of the um, of the spectrum on in terms of what we believe and what we think. And she wrote something that really really did um, touch me. I said something. It kind of caused her to react. In her reaction, I saw my error, and um, and I noticed that here's this woman that we don't really see eye to eye on much. And yet she sees my soul more than people who agree with me because we both have the same public eye thing. And, but, but she wrote on this, on this thread, something that she says, you are a very tender man. And I went, yeah, that's what I am. I'm a tender warrior. And I think that the way we change 
this planet and this place we live and this culture is by being strong but tender. I think vulnerability is the key. All my friends in recovery, Nick, other people on here who are on here, um, their vulnerability is what causes me to fall in love with them. And that vulnerability is what makes space for people to come in. So maybe instead of looking to the politicians and to the, you know, the town leaders, uh, we should start looking to the souls of the alleged lost and pay attention to them because it's not going to be what you think. And it's not going to turn around with people bitching at each other. The only way this is going to turn around <clears throat> is if we start seeing the lesser as the greater and the greater as the lesser. So to that young woman at Willamette High School who allowed me to speak something into her dad's life that changed it forever. And then her dad died and she had a relation to it. Thank you for letting me do that. I wish I knew who you were. Jaya, I know you and you will always be somebody who touches my life. And to Christopher, wherever you are, man, I don't know what that was about. I don't know. I don't know how much you understand um, what you did um, for me. But those were hard years. And the more than once did I hear your voice coming in, telling me in my head, your life's going to change. And I knew because you knew that that was um, like a whisper from God. I, I, I've read in the Bible and, you know, in culture that it's a still small voice that we often miss because we get so crowded and clouded uh, by the things going on around us. Um, but it's a still small voice that echoes in our heads and in our hearts for a lifetime. Somebody says on here, hope you're okay. Oh my God, I'm way more than okay. I'm never ashamed to cry. This is what makes me feel like I'm human. On that level, like that's when you feel like you're, this is, the, this is what it means to be a human being. You know what I mean? I'm not tucking it in. I'm not upset. I'm thrilled that that I've had people in my life who showed me that imperfection 
is the goal. So, so to that young woman, and to Jaya, and to Christopher, and hundreds more. We should do this more often. This is way more fun. <laughs> so, wow. Well, thanks for listening. Um, Yeah, Philip, it's a life lesson and a reminder. You know, sometimes I think, um, I'm sorry, I'm going on. Sometimes I think that we fail to see the pauses in life. You know what I mean? Like, like um, we're so busy moving and doing this, and that's what my friends with different abilities do for me. They make me slow down. They make me... Um, they make me have to, I, I can't go at the same speed, at the Rick Dancer warp speed. And I don't learn much when I'm in that warp speed. So when I slow down and I have to, um, you know, slow back. Um, and it's not because they're slow. That's, that's, it's because we're too fast. My friend Amelia Abel is, is a great example of this. Um, Amelia experiences Down syndrome. And Amelia, um, one time we went and spoke in an assembly, and it was for the Look Me in the Eye campaign, and the school gave us $200 and a check to give to the Look Me in the Eye campaign. So I put it in the car. It falls down, and I thought that it fell into Amelia's bag. Um, so I said, Amelia, I think the check's in your bag. She goes, it's not in my bag. I'm going, no, 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 I think it might have fallen in your bag. She goes, Rick, it's not in my bag. And I said, well, can you look? And she kind of shoved, shoved, shoved. And she goes, no, it's not there. And I know it's there. <laughs> but if it was, I mean, if it was anybody else, if it was one of you, I'd say, get me the bag and I'm going to find the damn check. But it's Amelia. I can't do that. So I drive her home. She leaves. I go back, call the school. Can you cancel that check? Send me another one. Here's what happened, blah, blah, blah. Two weeks later, Amelia calls me. Oh my God, Rick, the check was in my bag. I said, oh, it's okay, honey. It's okay. Um, I had them rip it up and they sent me a new check. And she goes, you can't rip up a check. I said, no, no, Amelia, you can't. No, you can't. You have to come get this. And I'm like, what? I said, Amelia, I took care of it. <clears throat> no, you have to come get the check. <laughs> My wife says, if that were me, you would say, honey, stop it. <laughs> so I got in my car. I drove all the way over to her apartment, which is on the other side of town. When I didn't have the time, I made the time. And I picked up the check. And she goes, Rick, I didn't steal it. I said, no, I know. It's fine, hon. But now we have the check. I drove away, ripped it up, and everything was fine. Amelia makes me a better person. She makes me see life more simply, not because she's simple, but because life is meant to live more simply. And she has the gift of seeing it that way naturally. So there again, an angel dropped on earth so that the rest of us can learn. But what do we do? We discount them. And we say, oh, they're special. 
<laughs> when in fact they're special. It's all in the delivery and how you do it. Um, welcome, David. So you guys go have a good day. Um, you know, go be vulnerable with somebody. Show them who you really are. Because you know what? The person you're showing them, they probably don't care about. The person they're looking for is just under the surface. And that's who you really are. And that is who I really am. Have a good day. I'll see you at five for more.